All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 41 of The Rink Shrinks. We hit on some trending topics. Uh, our boy Keith Acoin was elected to the AHL Hall of Fame. We talk about that. And we have a, a great guest in Connor Garland of the Vancouver Canucks who joins us. Uh, what do you say, Mots? You ready to roll? Let's go. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 41 of The Rink Shrinks. What's happening? Ah, not too much. Just dealing with a little nor'easter here, and uh, had a, a tree come down in the yard, a pretty big one. There was a couple branches, and then uh, pretty much half a tree. So had to uh, take care of that today. So it was uh, a guy was like a good you. Work though, you're actually yeah, you're begging for that. <laughs> I know. You're begging got for, up that, for that type of yard work. Just got up uh, and kind of cleared it just in case uh, Cord had to leave the driveway, but then I ended up grabbing the axe and uh, a couple other tools and made a nice stack of brush and, and logs and debris. Let's just put it that way. But it was, So with uh, all the lawn equipment you have down there, there's nothing, no power tools with, with the, uh, you know, change, chainsaw or anything like that? I was, I was thinking about it while I was, I was like, hey, this is when you need one. And I yeah, always think about that, it. But, I'd uh, say so. But, you know, it was, it, the tree wasn't like, like a huge you know, it was like the top of it, so it wasn't like really uh, that that girthy. So I could just chop through it, and and I, I got a, I got a good shaft axe. That's good. You're like uh, Rocky over in uh, in Russia, just chopping wood. Uh, yeah, I was good. activating the core. I was you know, gonna I'm say, do you get a six pack now? <laughs> yeah, not even close. But I, uh, you know, I I enjoyed uh, cleaning it up because you know you put the work in and. It's like immediate gratification, but onto the uh, the rest of the ad in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's a uh, us here in the uh, in the northeast, especially in the in the South Shore, especially you down in in Deluxeberry or or where you are Duplexberry. Uh, we hit pretty hard. I was lucky in uh, in Boston. We had a you know bunch of trees and and different you know power lines and things like that that were affected and. I worked all night. It was it was pretty nonstop with just different things in the fire department out and, and you know, just a whole lot of uh a whole lot of wind up here and nasty weather. But hey, at least uh everybody's good and, and how's the uh how's everything going in the in the ranks? How was uh the weekend of games and, and things like that? How's the season going? Good. Yeah, we um <clears throat> we had two games over the weekend, played a, a top team and played well, um, you know, kinda up and down. They uh, they ended up beating us in a shootout. So they they did uh, the format was three on three overtime. You know, so there was some chances both ways. Pretty exciting. You know, we never really practice it, but you just let them go out and play. And the best was uh, we had ty- um, our, our guy uh, Austin Kelly. He's a defenseman. No, nice, uh, good Dorchester kid. Talk right. Yeah, I'm I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're going first in the shootout, brother. And he's like, I don't. I, what do I do? And you know, like. Deke shoot. I'm like, whatever you're feeling, you know. So he came in, made you know, had some good patience and rang it off the post. But it's just great to include everyone, and you know, um, you know, the, the boys enjoyed it. We ended up uh, tying on Sunday, and kind of like the the takeaway or like the teaching moment on that was they uh, <clears throat> they played well in the first half and kind of took it to them three one. You know, pretty late in the game and. Um, you know, the other team just kind of woke up and just kept coming. And after the game, I just, I talked to, talked to them about momentum, you know, within a game, 
You know, it's very important. You know, it's a game of momentum. But you want to try and stop the other team's momentum, and that takes leaders, like individual leaders and then collectively as a group. So, you know, making the right decisions. Don't compound, you know, their momentum by, you know, making it, uh, you know, a turnover that you don't need to to make. Uh, getting the puck deep, just keeping it simple uh, during those times. And, um, and then when you have it, you want to keep it. So you want to get right back in the offensive zone. And so it's, you know, just something that, you know, a, a little takeaway for the boys because you know, it happens in every game, you know, whether it be men's league or, you know, a, a high level game. And, you know, if they're aware of it, you know, m- they might be uh, able to react better uh, in the next situation. Yeah, that's, uh, it's key. And obviously you, you, I think one of the big things too is, is with the, with this body contact rule, especially at that age, you can, you know, just change the momentum of the game with a big hit and things like that. And now that's kind of taken away. And now if it costs you, you know, if you do have a good hit and you end up in the penalty box, now you give that other team momentum. So it's, it's kind of that fine line now, right? Which, which it really makes it challenging. So like you said, you, you know, you have to play smart and, and, and make sure that you're, you know, not allowing the other team to build momentum. And if they do have, you know, sustained pressure in the zone and things like that, you're trying to weather the storm as best you can. That's for sure. And I, I know I even try to deal with it at the, the younger ages. It's funny. I got a, a, a text this morning from Harry, uh, a boy, Harry from High Park. And, and I know you just you mentioned the, the, you know, playing some high ranked teams and things like that. So he texted me and said, uh can we f- can we find out how uh, someone on the show? Or can someone explain to me how we drop two spots after beating two higher teams than us in the rankings? Harry's hashtag Harry is rattled. Harry wants to go to st- uh, to go to states. I don't know how it works. So again, Harry's all caught up in these rankings. Yeah, I mean we talked at length about it, but it's uh, that that's interesting at. Because they've done a good job at strength of schedule and and where teams are ranked, and if you beat teams of you know in front of you, you should move up. I mean that's just how it should right. work. But uh, who knows? I mean, just as long as you're still in in decent uh, shape to make the states. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, we'll see, Harry. I uh, I just keep telling Harry. I just send him back like emojis that just uh, whatever those things are gifts. <laughs> and just like relax, dude. Relax. <laughs> It'll all work out. Yeah, just Trust throw the them process. Off. Yeah, yeah, just like let, no, let them sleep. Yeah, ambient, exactly. Uh, how how do you guys do? Um, good. I think. Two? Yeah, we 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 actually um, one of my teams we we were shut down for the week. We had a little uh, sickness scare, so we we were off for um, off for a few days. So that kind of slowed things down, and obviously, once again. Um, you know, it's difficult and, and, you know, COVID and stuff like that. And, and I, I will encourage people and kids and, you know, if your child is, is, is sick or, you know, kind of you, you, you feel like something might be coming on or he's off just a little bit, you know, you know, he or she, I should say, like, just stay home because it's not worth running the risk of, of you know, this COVID bug running through the rest of the team. It's still a thing, which, um, uh, you know, I know you and I, we don't like to talk about it, but it's just a, a, a giant pain. So I did have one team shut down and um, other team had a big, big win. Um, my older guys and then and then my my middle son's team, we uh, we had a big win. I think we uh, at this time, it looks like we should be qualifying for that Pee Wee Quebec tournament, which um 
it's not yeah it's not official yet uh we haven't quite yet heard from the the league the way they do it here in the um the ehf the eastern hockey federation is the top two teams kind of after one cycle through everybody get um those two bids to the to the peewee quebec tournament so i think we're in pretty good uh a pretty good spot uh i again i haven't heard officially yet so I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to tell the world. I guess I kind of am right now, but hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully it all works out. And uh, yeah, and, fingers and, crossed. You know, yeah, it's been it's been one of those you things. Can start too. having fundraisers, you know. I know. Like seriously, I wonder how many uh, yeah. Mike Motto old heel curve sticks we can auction off and make a couple <laughs> couple bucks. <laughs> I got uh, a few in the shed. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing was too, and I know we, you know, I wanted to talk to you about it. We, we, we show up Sunday morning. We're playing the South Shore Kings, and there was a game before, uh, the game before us. Two referees, no issues, anything like that. We're up warming up, and next thing you know, there's no referees out there after the 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 buzzer sounds, and I'm like, oh no. Of course, I look at the other coach. I'm like, I don't even have my equipment. I, we had taken my wife's car, and um, a couple other like you know pretty good hockey guys on the team. Eric Nicholas guys like Nick's like, hey, I'll jump out and ref. He's like, but I don't have my gear either. And I'm like, just so big shout out to Jack the Zamboni guy. He jumped out. Uh, the Kings were, nice. were yeah, were, were were cool with it. Um, and they actually you know kind of they're like it was the best ref game we had all year. And luckily. The you know it was a good clean game. There was no issues. I think there was like one penalty for for my team against uh, against them the entire game, and it, it went off without a hitch. So shout out to those guys stepping up, and and you know the the Kings not walking uh, walking out like we know a couple crazy people have had. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've seen those issues take place this year. So everybody uh, kind of stuck together, and and you know we grinded through a game which was which was again it's all about the kids, right? Yeah, it's making it work. Good job, Jack. Yeah, big shout out to to Jack and uh, able to get the game in, which is at this point in time with this referee shortage and things like that. I don't know what happened to the two refs. Supposedly it was the same two referees were supposed to stay. And ref our game was a ten forty game, so I would assume they did like the you know nine the the eight o'clock game, the nine twenty game, and then they just they must have seen us coming and were like, yeah, we're out of here. Because there was two refs for the game afterwards, too. Yeah, they just like, hey, let's just quick Houdini. I want to get a pregame uh, pats on at one. Let's 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 get the <laughs> let's get the tailgate going. I guess. Oh, yeah. crazy! You just chuck it up to a scheduling error. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we yeah, but yeah, so that that all good. Big tournament uh, coming up this weekend for my my oh nines and my two thousand eleven. So that'll be a. Uh, Luckily, it's local, um, but it's all like that for 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 us. That Skate Three, Chelmsford, Tingsboro, Essex, uh, North Shore type of area. So I can't they wait. Bring to your cool. passport. Yeah, exactly. Anytime you get across the Tobin, um, you got to get you can, the passport. You can see our our guy, uh, Big K, Keith Coin. Yeah, yeah. I actually had him written down, but we might as well get into it. I mean, big. Uh, Big shout out to um, to Keith Coin for getting the nod for the uh, AHL um, Hall of Fame, which is a, a great accomplishment. Yeah, you know we, we had him on. He's such a really, really uh, good guy, great player, and 
you know, just uh, really a big congrats to him. You know, he's worked for everything that he's uh, that he's earned. Um, he's earned everything that he's achieved, and he's just a great story. And you know, 857 regular season points, you know, and 769 games is 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 pretty legitimate in the AHL. Yes. It's a developmental league, but he's he played when the old rules were intact, and he's not a you know real big guy, but just a super smart player that um, you know made te- teammates better around him, and that's just a huge thing. You know, he's a great passer, and um, you know just just a super teammate too. So really, uh, really on really the golf course when we take money from uh, you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the season's closing up, so we got to get that back on the books, you know? Yeah, seriously. No, that's a uh, – especially, I mean, you you know, everybody gets so caught up in everything and to, you know, to become an AHL Hall of Famer, I mean, think of the amount of players that have played in that league and great players and guys that spent a long time. And he's, he's, he's a guy, and, you know, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that interview. Guy that played at Chelmsford High School, played at Norwich, which is a Division three school, and, you know, goes on to, you know, ultimately become an AHL Hall of Famer, but had a great career in Europe and obviously played uh, a couple hundred NHL games as well, which is, you know, just a amazing accomplish, accomplishment for Big K. Yeah, like I said, he, he made teammates better, but like he also got guys to the next level. And mm-hmm. that's like really cool. You know, like he was getting passed over for a long time. Um, you know, he's valuable to an organization for them to win in the AHL, but you got guys one-way contracts. You got guys call-ups, and you know that's like you know to stay on it and stay positive and keep putting up the numbers. That's just kind of goes back to the the type of person he is. So I'm really happy for him, and big congrats, big gay. Yeah, and I'm sure that actually makes up a little bit. He's probably brought a smile to his face because you know he's probably been locked in his basement since the Sox lost. <laughs> him and me, uh, yeah. you know, went back and forth and. Um, you know, just a d- difficult turn turn of events. Uh, you know, they didn't the bass didn't show up when they needed them. So you know, yeah, on yeah. No, I felt like I was on a on a text chain with uh, you know Terry Francona and Alex uh, <laughs> Alex Cora with uh, with you two and going back and forth about getting the bats going and and all that stuff. And I'm trying to watch it, if. You know how it is. Sometimes you're watching the game, sometimes you're not. But you guys are, are, are dialed in, got the game, you know, at front and center. And I was, I was getting a good chuckle out of it. And I'm just picturing you two guys with your eye black on and your your uh, socks jackets <laughs> watching the game at your house. Dude, I put my socks jacket on. I didn't. I, wear it. I, I did see the picture of that I was dying. <laughs> I was dying. Uh, three and two here. What are we gonna do? Let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna throw on my socks jacket. Yeah, uh, you know, usually it works, but you know we'll we'll have to uh, find another way to support the team next year. They get exactly. some offseason do things to do, so we'll see how it, how it shakes out. But it was uh, playoff baseball is great to watch, and it's just fun. Like every pitch matters. Who's your World Series pick now? I'm ho- I'm hoping for the Braves. Um, yeah. Little tomahawk chop action. Yeah, uh, you know they got off to a good start last night, so. We'll see uh, see how it shakes out, but they uh, – I don't know. The Astros, for me, are kind of an unlikable team. So, <laughs> Yep, yep. Yeah, I got a little Atlanta in me, so I got to yeah. go with the Braves as well. And obviously, yeah. you know, we, we did have Hall Tom, of Fame pitcher Tom Glavin on the show, so we got – you got to root for our guys. That's right. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Uh, 
But yeah, that, I'll get my tomahawk chop out. Yeah. Know. Oh. Well, it's a, like when we were growing up too. The like those games were on. What was it? TBS. Yeah, TBS. I mean, TBS, I, TNT, TNT. Yeah, yeah. They were. I mean, we grew up watching those games all the time. So it, they they kind of have you know, they're they're like, and and the history of baseball, right? The Boston Braves, um, right? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like the National League, and we got we got the coverage up here. So I was definitely a, a huge fan when we talked to Tommy Glavin about it. And it was like, yeah, you saw a lot of games. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. was great. So, so it's an easy route for. Easy route. Um, I wanted to talk to you uh, uh, about, um, you know, and obviously going through, you know, peewee squared teams and things like that. And I'm seeing it more and more at the peewee level uh, in coaching. But, you know, your philosophy on like face offs and how important they are and when do you start kind of working on them, you know, with kids on draws. And I know I've we've talked about it quite a bit in the past, but, you know, like it drives me crazy when I, I look at a, a mite practice and I see five kids working on a face off and the rest of the kids standing around and things like that. But like, what is the age where you, you, you think you can start implementing that stuff? I mean, I've, I've, you know, this year I've been fortunate to have, you know, a lot of good hockey guys around me and help me and, and find different videos and things like that, because it really is. It's so important. We played a game Saturday um, against the, the Minuteman Flames and, you know, we were, we were getting beat like cleanly on D zone draws. And you talked earlier about it um, in terms of momentum, right? And same with offensive zone. It was like, guys, we're losing draws cleanly. And, you know, next thing you know, instead of having, you know, offensive pressure, the puck's out of our zone and where, you know, we're, we're defending. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to win the game, but it was just something that I, you know, and, you know, I think kids almost, they, they take them for granted. It's kind of like, oh, you know, hopefully I win this thing. You know what I mean? And I started talking to my guys about just, hey, it's a mindset. Like, you've got to go in. You've got to, at the very least, like, create a 50-50 puck battle, and then the winger's got to get in there and, and help out and support and try to gain possession because if we're, you know, if we're, losing, you know, whatever, 75% of our face-offs, uh, offensive zone, defensive zone, uh, and even the neutral zone, it becomes a, a, a major issue. Yeah, no, you, you hit on a lot of good points there. It's the only time where the puck is stationary and everyone should know where it is. It's in the ref's hand, right? So there's no excuses to not be ready for the drop of the puck, whether you're a sentiment, a winger, D, doesn't matter. So that's just awareness and, and, and just being ready um, and it's, it is an underrated, uh, skill set. We talked about, you know, passing, you know, but that, that's, that's pretty much, um, you know, w w we've covered that quite a bit, but you know, just like these skill sets that, that matter. So now you get into, you know, the age question, I would say, you know, when, when they start really matter, matter, it matters. It's like, you know, when the kids can start understanding concepts and plays. So, when is that? You know, let's say like peewees, right? You know, I would say peewees moving. Yeah, on. definitely at this age, this year and last started to to you know go over some offensive zone draws, neutral yep. zone draw, like different setup plays, and it actually makes it, it fun for the kids because it kind of gives them a little challenge. Yeah, and and the other thing I was going to say is like you're and you mentioned it, but you're starting with the puck. You want to start with the puck. We want the puck and. You know, if they're not focused on the draw and, you know, just getting snapped back offensive zone or defensive zone, you're limiting your chances to have success. And, you know, you can start constructing offensive zone.
plays where there there is like some structure to it and an idea on how to generate offense off of faceoff. Even D zone faceoffs, I love having spring plays. You know, yep. like you know, there's some sometimes you can, you know, gain. We would gain, you know, a scoring chance or sometimes goals off of a D zone faceoff. You know, five to seven seconds earlier, and that's disheartening for a team. You know, when when you score against a team that has an offensive zone draw, and then all of a sudden it's spring play, you're you're getting a chance, or you're down in the offensive zone. So, I think it's very important to start actually just learning some of the skills. You know, how to win a draw, backhand, forehand, how to tie up so that you don't lose it, is another thing. Um, and you can you can use those things uh, to your advantage, offensively and defensively. Yeah, and I think. Um... Yeah, I remember asking Noel Achari about it because he's obviously a, a a guy in the NHL and he kind of, you know, takes a lot of pride in it. And, you know, it's not too often we've had a ton of centers on there, but uh, he talked about some some really good points. And then the, um, you know, in the defensive zone, it's so important, too, because if you're losing those draws cleanly to the point, it's odds are it's going to result in scoring chances against. And obviously your goal is to to try to eliminate those as best as we can. Right. Yeah, no, and that's like the important part sometimes is, you know, getting reps. So if you have time and you can break off, you know, the centers while you're doing, you know, some shooting drill, and that's the thing. Like if you have the ice time and you can kind of add it into the the practice plan, the kids are going to benefit from it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I want to talk to you quick about TSR Hockey. Uh, With high school season around the corner, reach out to the team staff at TSR for any apparel needs your team has. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they can take care of you. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house embroidery and printing. Um, obviously you can visit them on their website as well, www.tsrhockey.com. Those guys do a great job up there. And obviously I've talked to you guys about the sticks and skates and, uh, being up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire always helps when you're buying in bulk, right, Mots? Yeah, I'm going to have to take the trip up and, uh, stock up for Ryan's high school season. He he was showing me the tip of his stick and it it wasn't even really frayed that much. He's like, look at this thing. I'm like, oh man. Well, it's the stupid team jobs that they do. Because all the water's getting in there, and and you know what I mean. That's it, the same thing's happening with my kids. It's it's a pain. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna make a trip up to TSR and uh, see our fellows up there. So load yeah. up for the the high school season. Load it up. Load it up. Um, the other thing I was watching these uh, the little guys. My nephew is playing in a game this weekend, and I hadn't seen it yet. But those mini nets for the mites have you, have you seen those? I, my kids never played with them. Uh, it was it was kind of interesting to watch because it you know obviously you're so used to the little guys um, you know playing at like the mite level, and they they have obviously a regulation size net and the kids look absolutely tiny in them. But now these kids, they're, they're kind of like, it was pretty cool to see because it almost looks like a mini hockey net. And, you know, the goalies have a little bit more of an advantage compared to what, uh, what they used to. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool to see. Have you, have you seen that at all? Yeah. So uh, when Ryan was uh, doing like a cross ice thing back in the day, they had him, and I wasn't a big fan because it was a big, you know, oversized goalie. And he just has to go you get down the walrus and, in there. Yeah, there's, there's not a chance you're scoring. <laughs> but uh, I, I get the idea and I get the 
uh, behind it. But, um, you know, even some of these kids who are, are coming through, you know, at an early age and, and take to the position, if they're technically signed, take away the lower half of the net, you know, they're, they're going to you know be tough to beat. I, w- yeah. I would hope that they're just a little bigger, you know, because they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. They are kind of small. Yeah, but I think the game I I was watching too was like zero zero. Now that you say it, I'm like, (laughs) when's the last time you watched a mite? I think it was you know first year mites or whatever they are, 2014. That makes sense. 13 or 14, yeah, young, and it was like zero zero game, and the kids were moving. It was it was a good uh, it was a good little tilt, and I'm like zero zero. Like you never saw this uh, with with the bigger nets. I mean, something was bound to go in, right? Yeah, so that I mean, that's the only thing I would say. Just make them a little bit bigger, but the concept and the idea of it, um, you know, makes sense. So yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, we just we just were on the wrong wrong end of a uh, a larger goaltender that he <laughs> was like yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, know? Goldberg in there exactly <laughs> taking up the whole net, and uh, yeah. and Rod couldn't snipe on him. That's for sure. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I was laughing at, and and I wanted to ask you a. You, uh, I think it was Nick Felino was p- passing out the candy corn at the Bruins practice rank, and people had just yeah, had some I, serious I mixed was, reviews. What are, you, what are your thoughts on candy corn, considering that uh, Halloween is up around the corner? Uh, I'm not a big fan of candy corns. I mean, I'll, I'll take a handful, maybe, yeah. but I'm, they're just like a, just all sugar for me. And I just, I mean, I, I have a sweet tooth, but not, not like that. So yeah. it was just interesting. I think pasta was like, well, these things are awful. Yeah, what are these things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember the other ones, like the pumpkins? Remember those? Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. young. That was the same thing. It was like a – it's like a little – I don't even know how to explain them. Like those – so clearly they're just like a – is it like a, a, a U.S. thing, candy corn, or is it just like a Massachusetts thing? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't I actually, remember the, some of the places I was playing. I don't really, I, I think it might be us. I don't, I actually, we got to do some research on that. Yeah. yeah. We, I, I liked how they asked a bunch of the other guys afterwards and, uh, Cassidy like, nah, I'm all set. Gets yeah. Yeah. Teeth. They kind of started <laughs> like, like making us goof on it. Yeah. Yeah. But, Stuck yeah, in the teeth, yeah. picking those things out there and the entire practice. If you took a handful of them before it, yeah, it was just good reaction though uh, by Pastanek. He's like, these things are brutal. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I, I I think you you're spot on with like during this time of year, if you see uh, whatever a, a bowl of them out at the whatever, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you got to grab a handful. But other than that, it's like if I don't have to see these things for another 365 more days, I'm all set. Same, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's your team philosophy on, especially at the younger ages of kids missing school for, for tournaments? So I, I kind of thought about, you know, this, it's a way to get more games, I would say. Um, and then it goes back to kind of, you know, charging more because you're getting like four games. Um, if you miss a day of school and you can make it to the, destination for a Friday, maybe one or two games. Um, I, I never really liked it. I mean, obviously the kids like it because they're yeah. out of school, but um, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's just how it is right now because, and I do feel that that the tournaments kind of can offer four games guaranteed. 
and charge a little extra. You know, that's yeah. really that's really my thought process on it. But I don't uh, mind it when you're traveling. Like, all right, we're going away. Yes. We're going to whatever Nashville. Buffalo. Yeah, 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 wherever. Yeah, I say I say Buffalo. You say Nashville. <laughs> yeah, we went down to that was the last one we missed school for. So it was you know yeah we so it's in your head. yeah Nash Vegas. Sounds like a sounds like a good time. Um, but yeah, I hate I hate having to pull the kids out of school on on a tournament that's local. Uh, it's obviously it's been a point of contention in the Yandel household right now because there's a couple like big events at the school this Friday and uh, and you know we're in the tournament and it's local and I'm like God damn it like it, 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 a couple games throughout the middle of the day and do I pull these kids out do they miss and it's like student council stuff's involved i'm like oh here we go my wife's looking at me like are you the rink shrink or not i'm like ah like uh, sometimes the rink shrink's gotta gotta you know go hockey first you know what i mean yeah i mean it's not even like a moral compass it's just kind of like you, you you're making the decision even though sometimes you know you, you know like you could maybe miss the first one maybe get dismissed early or whatever but um you know because it's local yeah. But but then you think about it, you know, other teams are traveling, like you talked about going to Buffalo or to Nashville. You know, other teams are coming in uh, sometimes to play, and, you know, there could be good teams, and you want your full roster. And, you know, it, it does kind of put you in a tough spot because that's like the norm now. Yeah, no, definitely. I think most of these tournaments now, you even a lot of them are five-game guarantees, so they want to get two games in on Friday, two games Saturday, and then, you know – um at least one or two, right? Is that, yeah, two Friday, two Saturday, and then, and then, you know, at least one Sunday morning, maybe, you know, and if you make the championships, potentially, you know, six on, on Sunday afternoon. So it's, yeah, it's a way to charge more money, that's for sure. Um, that's right. Really quick before we, we get to the next thing, I want to talk about Skitscott. Skitscott is the new video based uh, social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skitscott's feature rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters, pictures in picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. Skitscott is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. Yeah, get your skitty on. Get your skitty on. And our next guest was the 123rd pick of the fifth round by the Arizona Coyotes in the 2015 NHL entry draft. He's currently in his fourth NHL season now with the Vancouver Canucks. Welcome to the Rink Shrinks podcast, Connor Garland. Thanks, guys. Nice to nice to see you. Yeah, yeah. Great thanks to be for, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, this is awesome. Get a, a a nice local guy who's having some success on the pod and chat some hockey, and we'll go. Uh, we'll get we'll get going here. Yeah, I think uh, you know, like we 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 kind of talked to to most of our guests about is just you know walk us through Connor where you know hockey got started. I know you. You know, there's there's a lot of history with the Gowans and the Yandels. I think my uncle Mike was actually a, a, a uh, in your parents' wedding, and and you know I've heard nothing but you know great things about you and your work ethic, and you know how it even at such a young age you were really driven, and even though you're a little guy, you just you know you you made up for 
um, you know, your lack of size with just your incredible passion and, and, you know, love of the game and competitiveness, that's for sure. So walk us through how things got uh, started for you down in situ at Mass. Yeah, well, my dad played, uh, you know, in college and then in the minors. So I felt like, you know, I was kind of born into it and, you know, kind of was in the skates at a young age. But, you know, I loved it from, you know, the very beginning. And, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a small, you know, street hockey rink in our backyard. I spent a lot of hours there. And oh, any chance I could get on the ice, I would. So, you know, but started playing town. And then, you know, like everybody else, you kind of moved to, I think I played with the South Shore Kings and the Breakers for a bit. And then, um, you know, for Boston Mission for about three years. So it's kind of, you know, right from the start, I felt like I was just, I was thrown right into it. Didn't have much of a choice. What's that Boston Mission team? Was that something that you guys like did on your own? I Because it, it, it's it's not around anymore, is it? No, no. So my dad actually started it. Um, oh, okay. And then it was a bunch of South Shore kids, uh, you know, Ryan Donato, uh, Miles Gendron, we had Eichel, Nazarian, Bobby Dre. We had a lot of really good players uh, from the from the local area that just more focused on just trying to play games. And, um, you know, it's – you know, and, and uh, I think it was more of like just development for, for younger kids. And, you know, we travel quite a bit, play Long Island Gulls and Fairfield Blues, but it's a really talented group. Uh, a lot of guys ended up playing college and, and um, you know, a few, few in the NHL. So it was, uh, it was a real good team back in the days. That's great. You, you mentioned your dad as an uh, early influence. Were there any other people that kind of stick out in your mind, you know, at an early age, just like kind of impressionable for you? Yeah, well, I kind of had um, – you know, people coach me, you know, single, you know, like uh, everybody kind of in the, in the area knows who Mike Kuzmich is. And uh, he's kind of been my personal coach kind of my whole life. And, you know, just how, how much he loved the game and how much he taught me growing up, you know, kind of changed the way I played and and uh, just kind of turned me into a skilled player and, you know, a lot of work with him. And then my skating coach was, a you know, an Olympic figure, figure skater for the U.S. Uh, team in 1980. So that's some pretty driven people. Um you know, people that would work with me a lot and, you know, kind of just had a singular focus and, uh, you know, motivated me as well. Well, was that something, and, and I want to get into the figure skating and things like that, but was was it just hockey for you and you were just like hockey, 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 or were you uh, kind of like us and, and played different sports and played the different seasons and things like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both because I, I played baseball. You know, I played soccer. Uh, I went to actually Dexter for a few years, so you ended up playing every sport there. Um, but it was always – it always seemed like at night it was – you know, it was always hockey. You know, if I had a chance to, you know, didn't really miss many days stick handling or shooting pucks growing up. I just – that was kind of like my passion. It's always been hockey. And like I said, you'd play sports, you play with ball with your buddies, but it seemed like it would always always come back to hockey. Yeah, that, and we talk about being an athlete. Like, you don't necessarily have to play organized, you know, sports to be an athlete. So you're out there, like you said, with your buddies playing wiffle ball, soccer, whatever it is. And uh, we talk about the transferable skill sets. And, um, you know, as far as what I see, um, you know, with you being driven and, you know, a little story that I, I heard was you're checking in on the uh, the, the summer you know, pick up skate and who you were drafting and, and who was, uh, who was playing on planning on, on going in the draft. I think you were t- tail end of the season with uh, Arizona, but you're still worried about the summer league uh, boys. Well, I, I like, I like playing in the summer. I usually end up playing with my buddies a lot and we somehow seem to always make it a game. And, uh, you know, I play in a men's league on Sunday nights. I think you've been out there with us. So 
I just yeah. like playing games in the summer. I don't really like uh, doing drills as much. So whenever I'm on the ice, I try to turn it into some sort of game. I was watching. Uh, I, w- I was lucky enough to go down to, I think it was Tuesday nights this this summer and uh, down at the Therink in the small sheet. And I watched you guys compete and, and you know, play the three on three. And it just looked like you guys are having a blast out there. But you, you know, you could see the competitiveness you. And I love the, I'm looking at one guy and he, you know, he kind of looks like, a little heavier, and I'm like, this guy, he, he he probably isn't a player at this point in time, right? He looks like he's a little bit out of shape. And they're like, oh, no, that's Gallon's buddy. And I just watch him, and you're just chirping him the whole time, just all over him and, like, yelling, screaming, move the puck, play defense. And I'm like, this guy's just getting abused. But I, w- I also want to throw – Mots and I's names in the hats. Like if you like that three on three hockey, if you need if you need bodies, we're available. Mots is coming off a fresh hip. Um, you know, we'll we'll supply the beer. You know, whatever it takes. Or I know some guys. Uh, uh, you know, on on into the the drinking on yeah, Tuesday nights, shakes. but yeah, protein <laughs> shakes, whatever it takes. Well, maybe we'll just do the drinking. But uh, that 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 you know, small area, not a ton of skating, is uh, something that we could definitely. You know, if you need any help, we're we're around. <laughs> yeah, well, we we uh, we were pretty. That's actually my buddy. That's uh, his name's Tyler Bishop. He's actually like the the Hobie Baker winner for Division Three. One of the best players out there. He just retired at a young age, so he always has a roster spot on my team. He's probably one of the smartest, <laughs> smartest guys I ever played with. So um, yeah, you could tell he could play. It was just more of like he's he's just not in the shape that that you guys are. You know what I mean? He's not he's not doing this for a living anymore. No, no, but his IQ is, is unbelievable. Yeah, we have like five five uh, NHL guys on our team and then Bish, but some nights, I mean, he's our best player by, by a wide margin. <laughs> oh, that's so, great. So you brought up hockey IQ, and, um, you know, when we did skate uh, that time in, uh, at Thayer on a Sunday night, you know, I, I went back to my son's team and I talked about it. Um, so your awareness, your hockey IQ, th- those are some of the real strengths. You know, you're obviously a skilled player as well, but, you know, taking a look before you get the puck, just always being aware where other people are on the ice. And I think that's something that you can teach yourself or be aware of it while you're, you're, you're playing, whether you're playing D or forward, just having that. It doesn't take skill as much to, to look around, but it just like a constant habit that you want to get into. And you're doing it out there. And it was amazing for me to just – Kind of watch because you know you you're doing a bunch of great stuff, but that was the one thing that stood out to me where I can talk to the kids. We have an NHL player playing a pickup league, you know, like pickup hour that you know is pretty competitive, but you know he's still making sure that he knows where everyone is on the ice, can make a play, you know, w- without really know you know when he gets the puck because he knows where someone is. So was that something that you know you kind of learned along the way as a younger player and? and like the hockey IQ thing, did you watch a lot of hockey? Um, did anyone talk to you about it or did you just kind of naturally have it? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a mixture of both. You know, I, I love watching hockey. It seems like you can always pick up something when you're watching and there's always better players out there that do something better than you. So it's always, you know, nice to pick up that, pick up that kind of stuff when you see it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I trained with, uh, you know, Mike Cousins. That was one of the big things he said. I remember a lot of times he'd be like, watch David Krejci, how he plays on the half ball. And he was always looking over his shoulder. And, you know, he's never seemed like he'd be rushed or he'd never panic because he's always taking in information and he's looking around and kind of always seem poised. And I think that's how you, you end up having patience with the puck when you know what's going on around you, you know. And it's always, you know, just take a shoulder check and 
of it's just protecting yourself knowing where everybody is so you know where you're going to get hit from so but yeah, I, I try to make sure even you know morning skates when we do drills and you have to act like a d's coming down i always try to shoulder check just make sure it's you know it's ingrained in you because um you know you don't look you know and you and you catch a puck and you don't know who's coming or you know it's going to get stripped or you're going to get hit real quick so you always have to know uh you know what's going on around you no that that's a great answer and you uh, you know, for you to be doing it in that, you know, pickup hour and, and just, it is a habit. It is ingrained in you. And, you know, that's something that, you know, some of our listeners can can hopefully pick up on. Yeah, no, I think, like you said, Mots, there's, you know, so many people ask, like, can you teach hockey IQ? And, and we've, we've had kind of different reviews, uh, different answers to it. But I think, like you said, just, you know, watch one of the, the, the biggest answers that we give is watching hockey, watching guys, watching guys like yourself, watching guys like Bergeron or Kretschy or, you know, whoever it may be and, and kind of model your game after them and watch what, what, what they do on the ice is, it is so important. Um, another thing I, you know, I want to talk to you about was obviously, you know, you, you had a couple sisters. I know they were athletes. Were they, were they the ones that were kind of, you know, did they make you stronger? Were they, uh, in the in the yard press, uh, you know, beating you up and things like that, they make you tougher out there. <laughs> yeah, well, two of my two of my sisters played college with cross. One of them played at Syracuse, and then uh, one of them's a uh, three time All American at uh, Marion in Indiana. So she was the she was the natural athlete in the family. She could sit on the couch all day, and, you know, go go to her game at seven and have you know six goals by the end of the first quarter or whatever. So you know that. I always kind of envied that, um, but yeah, no, it was nice to have, uh, you know, sisters that were you know, kind of competitive like me, whether we played cards or, you know, I never grew up with a brother, but I had a younger sister who was, uh, you know, quite an athlete and quite a competitor and, um, you know, someone that, you know, I looked up to. She's, she's done a lot of great things in her life so far. So it's nice having that kind of competition in the family. No, that's great. Yeah. And, and I'm sure they, uh, Definitely judged your girlfriends when they came over too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first test. If you if you can pass, you know those three, then you're all set. <laughs> there you go. Oh, That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk to you about your you know your decision. So you said you went to the you know Dexter School, which is obviously a private school for those listeners that don't know uh, here in New England, and you know. Tandy Donato's there now as a coach and do a great job. And obviously we had Ryan on the show um, recently, but you made the decision at, at, you know, at what age did you uh, go off to Shattuck St. Mary's? I, you were out there for a year, right? Or around, what was that around 13 or so? Uh, yeah, it was 2010, 11. I think I was 13, 14. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we went to Dexter uh, before even, um, you know, Danny Donato and what it turned into was a, it's a, you know, really great hockey school now. So, that was more for education. I had some cousins there that always spoke highly of it. And, you know, my parents were big on education growing up. And oddly enough, I ended up in the Quebec League. But that was uh, – <laughs> And so were my parents and my brother went to the Q2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the main focus. And then, um, you know, I think I started to have a lot of success with hockey. And I felt like, um, you know, I wanted to kind of travel at a young age and, and play in a school that had Crosby, McKinnon, Taves, Parise, all these guys. And, you know, go see what it was about. And um, I went out there for a year and it was great. It was, you know, I was on the ice almost, seemed like every day. So, you know, to have that at, at such a young age and, and play with some guys, you know, you never, you never met or you never saw before and, and you know, travel the whole state of Minnesota and play all these teams. Um, you know, and like I said, constantly be on the ice and develop at that age was a, was a big learning year for me. Yeah. Now, as far as um, coming back, so you went to the USHL after that? 
I went to the Empire. Um, I played with um, actually the Junior Bruins. Um, you know, I was kind of in between. I, I wasn't big enough for prep school yet to play high school and try to kind of find a place. And I knew Chris Masters from a young age, and um, he met with me and my dad and kind of just, you know, whatever, exactly what he said kind of, you know, came to plan and, you know, how he developed me that year and played against some bigger guys and played against some men in that league. And uh, it was, it was, a, that was a really good year. I spent the year with Jack Eichel as well. So, you know, to see that talent up close was, that was a great year for me. Well, I was reading a couple things, not to go back, but, uh, you know, I think in that year at Shattuck, you had like 115, 116 points in, you know, 50 some odd games. And then that, you know, they told you basically that you were too small going into the next year to make whatever the next, what would the next team be like a, a U15, whatever, 16 team or something? Yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, obviously you made a decision to come home and, you know, did – you know, how did you use that as kind of motivation and, and say like, well, you know, what do you mean? I'm not good enough. Like I just completely, you know, obviously I wasn't there watching, but to have 115 points in 50 something games, I mean, how does a, how does a coach not overlook your size a little bit and say, yeah, you know what, this, this, this kid can play right. Mots. Yeah. So I, I, I would, uh, the question that I would say is, You've, you've proven yourself at every level, but yet it just seems like it wasn't easy. You know, you always had to kind of – you put up the most points in, like, every level. You know, you, you lead the all of Canadian hockey and, or tied with Dylan Strom, and you still had to kind of prove yourself. You still had to prove yourself. And do you think that's one of the reasons why you play a certain way? Because you, you do have to play on it, uh, like, with an edge, and that has always been the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, a bit of that. I, you know, I think, um, fortunately I had, you know, like I said, I had my dad and, and cousin that were, you know, didn't really let me sulk and, you know, and I didn't make teams or I got cut and a lot of the times it was because of my size, but you know, what they, uh, what they would say is it's not that you're too small, it's that you're not good enough. So it's, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, made, you know, drives you and, uh, it doesn't let you pout or, you know, what was me? It just makes you, you know, better player. It made me work harder. So I was fortunate to have that. And, um, but yeah, I was definitely cut a bunch. And I think, I think a little bit of it is you want to go out and prove people wrong. And I still do today, but you know, I play with a chip. I've played with a chip on my shoulder and I'm a competitive person my whole life. And I've just always played that way. But um, yeah, definitely as the years got on, probably more and more so. No, it's great. And it's a, you know, I think it's a great message and obviously your path and, you know, obviously you talked about the masters and, 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 you know, those guys obviously had a successful year there. And, you know, then you kind of, um, you know, you went and you, you know, I think you were, you know, were committed to Penn state. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, obviously ultimately, you know, from the USHL, you ended up leaving. Talk about how, you know, that kind of process, how, you know, was it, was it just Penn state or were you, you know, looked at by other schools and then, you know, how did you ultimately make the decision to say, you know what, I think, you know, major junior hockey is the, the, the path for me. Uh, yeah, there was, I, I went on a bunch of tours, um, you know, that, that year. And then we went out to Penn state and I was kind of just blown away by the campus and, um, and actually they didn't have the rink yet. So I went through the PowerPoint and how cool it looked and, I was, uh, well, that was an easy decision to decide to go there and um, ended up going to the USHL uh, and just didn't really get in the lineup at all. They had a real old team and um, I think I played six games out of 30. And then I remember calling 
you know, we called Penn State and asked them what their advice was to if I should go to the BCHL, EJ, or, or figure something out. And there wasn't much help there. And I remember Moncton, you know, kept calling and asking, you know, if I was interested, interested, and, and had a lot of great promises to play with some great players. So, you know, kind of just went where I was wanted and, um, you know, ended up working out and, you know, played on a really good team for the next four years. Yeah, so that uh, we talked to Keith about it. We've talked to a couple uh, guys who have come on about, you know, being a, a Boston kid going north of the border, and you know, how was that adjustment like? Because Moncton is is francophone, right? It's like it's kind of dual, like English and uh, yeah, French. it's dual, but it's mostly English. There's parts of it that are, you know, they speak both. But the town I lived in, it was it was mostly all English. Um, I never had a problem with with the language, um, all our players spoke English, all our coaches, everybody. So, um, and then we played in the, the maritime division where it was all English. So yeah, you never really, the odd time you run into it is Shawinigan, you know, Tim Hortons where, you know, you got a point at what bag you want, but besides that, they're like, they're like, <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, just as far as the, you know, adjustment <clears throat> billeting and, kind of being away from home at, you know, a relatively young age, was that, was that a pretty big adjustment for you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was a little hard at first, you know, just, you know, getting over the fact that, yeah, I am giving up my college scholarship. I am moving, you know, in, into, you know, I'm 16 years old and now I'm fully into, you know, hockey's hockey's my life. So after that adjustment, it, it's pretty, it's pretty normal. You're, you're in high school, you're, you're still going to classes and, um, it's just a weird environment for, for a young kid at 16, you know, you're in a city where hockey's the main thing and, and you're on that team and you're still young and immature. So, um, but after, after I adjusted again, after a couple of years, it was, it was pretty easy and it was, it, it was, uh, it was a decision I would make again. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a tough decision though, for sure. How did you find the balance of like, you know, the off ice, I, I, you know, I just found that, you know, when we talk to a lot of college guys, I guess it's like, you know, they we they felt that they got so much stronger going to college because they were, you know, they were working out whatever, three, four five days a week. And as opposed to, you know, the major junior route where you're playing, you know, more games and you don't have as many kind of days off to get those workouts on and things like that. How did you find that um, find that balance? Yeah, it's. Um it's a good, yeah. I mean, college guys for sure, they come out, they come out at an older age and they come out way more mature and stronger. So there's, there's advantages to going to both. And that's why I feel uncomfortable when they ask me to, you know, maybe go meet with somebody and, and talk about what it's like. Cause I don't want to, you know, put on a sales pitch for anyone. It's a different, it's different for every person. And some people it works out for some people it doesn't. And it, it's whatever fits your game and, and type of player you are. So, but for me, yeah, it was hard to, to get in my workouts. And like you said, you're playing Wednesday nights. That's not, you know, heard of it, you know, 17 and then you're playing Friday, Saturday as well. So, um, you know, you have to be pretty mature and, and take care of your body at, at a young age to be able to get through a, a season of the Quebec league, you know, you're playing 70 games a year. So, um, but you know, it took, took care of it in the summer and, and try to get stronger each and every year to go into it. And, but I think one of the advantages I learned how to get through a long season and, and how to eat and how to, you know, get my sleep in and all, all sorts of things that I still, you know, I'm working on today. So, uh, but doing that at a young age definitely prepared me for, for the pro, you know, pro hockey. Were there any coaches that, that 
up there, um, you know, with, that you could kind of credit to, to, you know, really, I know when, when, when Keith was there, he had Teddy Nolan that, you know, obviously was a Jack Adams award winner. And there was a lot of kind of NHL guys that were around the room and he, he really did treat it kind of like an, an, an NHL environment or at least a pro environment. And, you know, Keith really benefited from that. Did, was there somebody like, um, you know, was, was there a coach or a strength and conditioning coach or, or whatever it may be that was kind of a guy up there that, that, you know, you really helped thought helped you in your career? Yeah, there was, you know, all the coaches there, um, you know, they kind of take pride in developing you. And, um, you know, that's why I went up there to, to, to try to become a pro hockey player. And, um, you know, we, we do, you know, film and, and, and go over games and, you know, coaches, I, I noticed that they stayed out after practice. If you ask them, you work all day with them. And I was fortunate my first three years, we had a coach, Fabian Joseph. He was, you know, a little actually smaller than me. And he was the captain of the Olympic team, played in the minors forever. But to have somebody who understood, you know, how to get to pro hockey at my height, you know, to work on protecting the puck and all that kind of stuff, I would, I'd be on the ice with them before and after practice most days. So to have somebody like that on our staff was, you know, I was pretty fortunate. Your first year, that was um, Danny Flynn was the head coach. Did yeah, he still have yeah. that sick mustache? <laughs> yeah. yeah. His so mustache was, was, I think he was an assistant when Keith was there. His muzzy was out of control. Yeah, he was he was there for my first year, and I went, yeah. I went to Moncton because of Danny because uh, he kind of recruited me there, and um, really good hockey mind. And um, unfortunately, I mean, he got let go that that year, and that was kind of that hurt because that's why I went up there. But um, yeah, someone he's been good to me. He's, he's a good coach. Now, as far as uh, you know, your last two years, you put up really really big numbers. Uh, my question would be. You know, it's a little bit more of a run-and-gun league relative to some of the other ones um, in, in the Canadian Hockey League. But um, do you think that your overall game needed a little bit more attention after coming out of the, uh, the, the queue and moving into pro hockey? Yeah, I think the last year was probably um... – it was, it was probably, you know, not to sound, you know, arrogant because it's, but it was, it was a little easy for me the last year because you're going up there and you're playing now I'm 19 turning 20 playing against 16 year old kids. And, you know, I just had 130 points a year before and, you know, you go up into the same league and you get better and everybody else kind of gets younger. So it's, it was weird. It was the turning point for me. And, um, if I could go back, I'd probably spend that year and make sure I focused on two way you know, playing, but I just seemed to have the puck a lot. So, you know, you kind of got in some bad habits to hold on to it too long. And then you're in the O zone. So then you're gliding back to the D zone and stuff that really doesn't, you know, fly in the American hockey league where I went next. So uh, I cre- definitely created some bad habits my last year, just kind of by being immature and not focusing on it. But uh, the first three years, yeah, it became a, you know, it was great for me, but yeah, the last, the last year I might want to have that one back. Yeah, and yeah, you but, were actually you were actually you know passed over in your your first time you could have went through the draft right so you know how did that work and and you know was that something that kind of pissed you off or again just having that that you know fighters kind of mentality was that just something that motivated you for the for the following season? Yeah, it definitely you know it definitely motivated me. I was you know you're obviously you're a little concerned right? You go you know to the Quebec League and like I said you pass up a full scholarship and and then you get passed over in the NHL draft so. I knew I needed to have a big year, my 18-year-old year, and, you know, trained extremely hard and, and felt really confident going into that season. And, you know, I knew I had to put up a lot of points, so uh, I was fortunate to do that and then, you know, get drafted. And, um, 
you know, that, that, that's, you know, it was, it was later, later than I would have thought on, on draft day, but you know, it, it is what it is. Went to a good spot and it worked out. Yeah. After 130 points, I, I, I would think that somebody would have taken a flyer on an earlier round, right? <laughs> it made me Who's running these drafts, but come yeah. on. <laughs> Lee and Heffernan group from uh, Compass Real Estate. So Jameson and John, uh, we, who we know well, started out playing uh, high school hockey in Massachusetts. Jameson is a variant and John at BC High. Despite their on-ice battles, they connected after their college years to pursue real estate together. Uh, so they're really good, trusted guys, good hockey guys. And uh, anyone out there who's looking to get into that, uh, you know, and buy a house or sell a house, these are the guys for you. They're trusted, very good people, you know, good golfers. Uh, so I played with uh, Hef the other day last uh, last weekend and just a, a really, really good guy. So um, any questions, concerns, you need something done in the real estate, uh, the Lee and Heffernan group or with Compass Real Estate are your guys. So their website is leeandheffernangroup.com and Instagram at Group. So check them out. Since it's right in line with it, we might as well talk about our, our friend Devo uh, with Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while or you're buying a home, having a quick chat with uh, our friend Chris Devin and see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so that you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevin.com and he and the team at Cross Country <clears throat> can let you know if they can save you some dough. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS, number 47305. First time I met Connor and um, <clears throat> was able to skate with him, I was a couple years out, but there's a, a skate over in Hingham, and I think you were just going into your uh, first pro camp. Um, and just like the puck protection, like you were talking about earlier, the awareness, um, you know, and, and just the love of the game, I, you could just see it. You know, I I really enjoyed that skate and because uh, I, you know, I heard all about you and I, I was able to just see in like a pickup hour or like on the ice. And, um, you know, so fast forward – um, so I was with Chicago and we chatted a little bit about some of the players that he was playing with. And I was actually trying to get you to Chicago. And unfortunately, uh, they didn't listen to a part-time scout, but, um, <laughs> no, but Paul. The, no, but the, the moves that, that, that were made, um, you know, allowed you to have an opportunity on the big club. Um, you know, a couple spots opened up and, you know, you, you took advantage of it and going back to what I was you know, kind of like the question and your answer about, getting bad habits like you're such a competitor and a smart player that you learned how to to compete in the right areas and you learned how to be responsible with without the puck and in the d zone i just remember watching games and i, I think i shot you a message i was at the boston game i was just really proud of like the stuff you did away from the puck changing hard you know like all the little things that we try to help the kids with now um you're doing and you know like you said you broke those bad habits because you had to if you wanted to play in the league yeah, I think at some point you have to realize, you know, what type of player you are. And, um, you know, I know where I'm effective on the ice and, you know, it's kind of a small part of the rink. It's, you know, hash marks and below in the offensive zone and, you know, the rest of the ice, I, I just want to be responsible defensively. And that's kind of how I think about it. And you don't want to be a negative player to your team and you want, you want to be someone your coach can put out there, you know, late in games and in any, any situation. So, and then I know when, you know, I get the puck, you know, in the O zone, it's, 
kind of like go time for me. And I, and, you know, I try to make some plays, but besides that, you just try to be responsible, work hard and, you know, just try to be a 200 foot player for, for, you know, so you can get on the ice more and more. So when you talk yeah. about those bad habits, I was talking to a scout that watched you a lot in the queue and, and, you know, he's like, obviously all positive and super competitive and, you know, just driven kid. And like, I used to watch him though. If there was like a five minute major he'd he'd stay out there the entire five minutes just because he wanted to score goals. Like, which, uh, you talk about those bad habits. I guess you could, you, you probably couldn't get away with that at the, uh, AHL. And then, you know, now at the NHL level, you gotta get your cookies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 130 points. And she's like, it should have been 160. They, they pulled me off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they pulled me off after a three minute shift on a five. <laughs> yeah, my shifts are a little long. And like, like I said, then you go to pro and you're playing with guys that, you know, were in the American League the year before who had 80 points, you know, which is unheard of. And then they don't care what you did in the Quebec League, right? So the half wall's there. And then you gotta find a new spot. And, you know, it's, it's, it was, you know, learned quickly, you know, that, you know, just because you had 130 in junior doesn't mean anything once you, once you step on the ice in the American League. No, that's great. That's great. I want to, um, you know, quick question. I, 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 you know, obviously you're a smaller guy, uh, but you'd, you still use kind of, an, and I noticed it when we skated this summer, um, your stick's still pretty small. Is that something like, how do you, um, you know, it's probably even smaller than, than, than normal. Is that something that you've just, obviously like kind of adapted to and allows you to keep the puck, uh, you know, protect the puck and tighter to your body and things like that. But is that something that you kind of put a lot of stock in and, and, you know, work to do, or is that just something you kind of always have done? No, I, I changed my stick. Um, I actually used a really long one for a long time. Uh, and then after my first year in the NHL, I just found a lot of times I was losing it in my feet and, you know, cutting back and it was getting a lot, a lot of times broken up. So I worked uh, in the summer. I cut, you know, kept cutting down it a little bit and felt really good with it. And then I got to a certain point where I was like, okay, that's too short. And then went up, I think another two centimeters. So yeah, it's about here when I, you know, kind of on my skates, it is, it is really small. And, um, but I know I'm not, a, I don't have a hard shot. I shoot, you know, just try to hit spots. So it doesn't really take much away from my game, but I feel like, you know, when in the NHL, you got to make passes that are under people's sticks and in between people's feet and, you know, the, room for errors about that much so you got to hit those spots and i feel like if i have a smaller stick i got more control of the puck so i feel uh i feel more confident when i have a shorter stick no it's good yeah yeah if you're a lefty i would send you some of my uh my old gatorade stars <laughs> i remember you did have a small one that was uh i'm yeah, I'm looking to unload them, so maybe I'll. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, you heard we just had a big. We had a big storm here in Massachusetts. I'm sure your parents told you, but Mott's actually he uses it as an axe too. So he just he was cutting down trees and and stuff like that. So he's lucky he's got just plenty fi- left. Filed it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, so Mott. As far as yeah, no. As far as um, you know, mm-hmm. your your situation in Arizona, you you, you had some success there and moved on to Vancouver, um, you know, great, great start to the season, you know, and everything that I've read and seen, you know, that, you know, there's a, a, a good fan base there that really has taken you in. And, um, you know, it's no, no secret, you know, you leave the team in points, exciting to watch, but there was something that um, kind of jumped at me was, you know, your open net goal. And then your, your go ahead goal the other, other night or last week it was Johnny Canuck, and, uh, you know, the, the way you skated with one hand and, and had it on the forehand, 
you know, and I, I love this stuff because, you know, you were able to toe drag and, and curl back with one hand at times after protecting the puck. So is that like a skill that you work on, um, you know, in the off season? And, you know, what, when did you kind of start, you know, implementing that into your game? Yeah, I, I think a couple summers ago I started, you know, realizing I had one hand on my stick and, and using my right arm to keep guys away. So I ended up just making sure I stick handle as much as they do with two hands with one hand and, and just, you know, when I do have it, I, I want to be, you know, just as good with the puck. So, um, and again, it helps having a short stick. So, yeah, I just sometimes just take a puck and, or a ball and a stick and walk it through cones with one hand and just try to feel comfortable with it. And, um, you know, it's easier sometimes to strip a guy with one hand as well. You can kind of get more of a, you know, reach with it and, you know, pull it in. But, yeah, I saw that. I, I got crucified in the room for that empty net goal. I didn't think anything of it, and then I come back to the bench and, Nobody's even, you know, sticking their glove out. They're all just laughing at me. So I, I was just thinking, we had a game, and they're all excited to be able to chirp me on the plane. Yeah, I mean, you showed a good burst of speed. You came out of the box, you know. Yeah. Made no mistakes about it, though, right? No, no, they, they were right. It was the hardest I skated all night. I was flying. <laughs> I thought I turned around and saw Kane you know, coming, so I was like, oh, I got to get going here. And turn around, he didn't even take another stride. So that's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's awesome so but I, I know Mott's just t- you know started talking about Vancouver but I want to talk you know your first NHL coach and we're you know lucky enough now to be able to see him on the NHL but I just you know always thought of especially as a guy like we grew up watching was Rick Tockett and talk about what it was like playing for him obviously you see his you know he's, he seems like a you know obviously you know, from an outsider's view you know, a serious guy, and obviously, I'm sure in, in the locker room he was pretty intense. But obviously, you know, you know he's probably a guy that you 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 like to hang out and have a couple beers with too at, at at some point in time. Yeah, that's a good way to describe him. You know, he was he was your coach, and you know, you know there was a little bit of fear because obviously you've seen all the videos of him. Yeah. <laughs> he was as tough as they come, and and a, and a real good player too. So carried a lot of weight in that sense, and. Um, but yeah, when you were away from the rink, if I ran into him, you know, fun guy to talk to, you know, we, we you know, kind of have the same interest and um, I really enjoyed it. I remember I was telling somebody the other day, we, we had a meeting, I played pretty bad. And so we're watching film together in the hotel in Colorado. And I ended up just saying like, Hey, I saw your fight. You fought Hal Gill the other night. And we ended up like just talking about old fights and uh, you know, how he used to like duck real low and, and we just ended up talking about, you know, old players and fights. And we didn't know anything. We went into, like, how bad I was. So it just talked for, like, a half hour about all sorts of old hockey clips. And that's the type of guy. He's, he's an unbelievable guy. And I'm sure he's going to do great on TNT. He's a good talker. And But but as a coach, yeah, he his philosophy was great. He just wants you to compete. And fortunately, we didn't have, a you know, the most talent in Arizona. And we couldn't play the style we really wanted to. But, you know, I hopefully he gets back in the league with a real good team. And, you know, he can take him places. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, well, he is going to do a pretty good job. I watched him on the telecast a few times, and I'm sure he'll get more comfortable. But his personality is, you know, you can see it coming through already. And, you know, with bouncing some stuff off of Biz, is, uh, it's going to be pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah it's a good dynamic with, with him, Biz, and, and obviously Gretzky. And, you know, you you just see the, the hockey knowledge that those guys have. Not not Biz, obviously, but the the other guys and uh it, it you know and also entertaining so it's it's definitely fun um but to you know bring it back and obviously um you know i remember watching a lot of those coyotes games back in the early days and watching my brother there and you know now to kind of be 
in a you know a, a Canadian hockey market and you know I know you guys just played your home home opener but you know what's it like just being up in Vancouver and kind of the added pressure and things like that yeah it's a lot different I mean it's it's you know Arizona I think like you know you can go out there and, and play 10 years and not get noticed once and in public and you go out to dinner all the time and nobody knows who you are so there's there's that's that's a nice part of it but here it's you know it's pretty crazy and you know they want a winner and uh, there's for sure a lot of pressure and you can feel it, but it's, it's also excitement. Cause you know, like I said, the first thing I was told is if you're winning, it's, it's fun. So that's all you can ask for. And, you know, we got a pretty good team here with a lot of talent and, um, you know, I get off to an okay start, but you know, I think once we start get going here, it's, it's going to be a great place to play. How about getting flipped off by the fan and, uh, and going out and scoring the next shift? Yeah, I was, <laughs> it was an idiot move by me, obviously, but I was I was too excited to calm myself down. But yeah, it was it was like a, it seemed like it was forever. I was trying to take my stick, and he's screaming at me. And there's about three of them. So, um, but yeah, I came back. I was I was ecstatic, and uh, they didn't look at me though. I was pretty disappointed. I was waiting for him to look, but you're just game facing him. Yeah, I was just staring. I was like, hopefully he looks here soon. This is gonna get stupid. But I didn't realize it's on ESPN. Like I said, I'm not in Arizona. Like. You know, this, this you do stupid stuff, it'll be seen. So I better smarten up. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, not on crazy. the uh, Arizona, whatever it is, Fox Sports West, or whatever <laughs> that that nobody's watching anymore. You're getting <laughs> national national coverage at all times. Yeah, is that why yeah. you got the, the the beard going? Is so you can kind of be a little undercover while you're out in Vancouver and people aren't going to recognize you. You could no. take no, no, no. I actually forgot my razor and then. Um, I was just like, I got to shave and I just haven't bought one and the season started. And, you know, I'm not superstitious, but I started off, you know, with the seven game point streak. So I was like, I'm not going to shave anything. or change. Yeah, you can't shave anything at that point. No, but you know, I had nothing last night and I did not play good. So now I can shave. Full so <laughs> body shave next. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Going right down to the wood. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there, there's some, you know, obviously, like you, you just mentioned in Vancouver, um, some great players and some great young players, including yourself. But what are your first impressions of guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias? Um, is it Pedersen? I always yeah. like Peterson, Pedersen. Uh, what are your, your initial thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I, the first guy really impressed me was Hughesy. Like he's a small defenseman. Um, sometimes those guys get knocked. You know, you know they can't play in their own end or whatever it is. But he really is the engine of our team. I mean, when he's on, he's he's unbelievable. He's one man breakout in the ozone. He does this thing where he you know stares at the guy coming out at him, and then he just gives him a fake, and they it's like they just can't stay with him. It's crazy. So he's uh, he just he can have the puck the whole night if he really wants to. So just an unbelievable talent. And then Petey, you know, probably top fifteen player in the world. Just you know having a centerman like that, and then. You know, you have Bo, Bo Horvat behind him, who's one of the best two-way players in the league, too. So it's it's really, really good team, you know. Like, But, uh, yeah, it's funny. We didn't get to play any of these guys last year. So coming here in training camp, I was, you know, I was impressed by a lot of guys. Yeah, Another local guy up there, uh, Jack Rathbone, must be good to, you know, a little comfort, another Boston guy and got to take under your wing. How's, how's he doing so far? Yeah, he's been great. He, uh, I feel bad for him. He played in every single preseason game, um, and now he's played in you know, obviously every single game here. So I'm sure he's got to be tired here. You know, I'm, I was tired after like the third game. We haven't even, and I played like three preseason games. So, but he's been great. He, uh, he has a lot of Husey in him. The way they play, and I skated with Bonesy a lot in the summer of the past, you know, five years, and just got to see how good he is. And 
probably got one of the hardest shots I've ever seen. So, but yeah, once he figures out the lead, it takes time. As everybody knows, it's just you got to figure out, you know. And then whenever once he once he gets going, he's gonna be a real dangerous player as well. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he'll get some confidence too with uh, with Hughes being out and injured, and, and you know maybe taking some PP minutes and things like that too. Yeah, it's not a bad insurance plan to have a guy like that right behind him. You know, they uh, he was kind of running. I think he ran the power play the first couple of games in the preseason. You know, put up points like you know, like you can. So it'll just take time. And then, like I said, he, he was on my unit for a little bit to start the year, and then we got Besser back, so he's off. But um, yeah, it's nice to see whenever you're out there and you see either of those guys out there. You know, the puck's going to get zipped up quick, so it's nice. Yeah, I always say move the puck to the better player, but you're saying if Husey's going to be lugging the mail, you're going to have to come late with speed, you know, so you don't I stop. I yell skate, skate it. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I was uh, looking up a couple things and, you know, to bring it back to you, to your youth. And, I, you know, I guess it's a message for our younger listeners, but some interesting off-ice workouts. Obviously, being a, a, a situate kid, I was reading that, you know, in your younger years and maybe still now today, but used to do some running in the water and, and then also uh, uh, raking rocks on the beach so you could clear a, a, a path out for your, uh, for your mother so she had a nice wow. place to sit. But obviously uh, – build up the core strength and I, I lived in situate for years so i know what you're talking about with all the rocks down there on the beach the uh i was right on egypt beach i think it was and we used to call it rock beach especially my my kids would be like this isn't a beach it's all rocks dad yeah there's there's only one beach in situate that has sand you know we had no sand ever so yeah i would uh there's a famous photo of uh it's bobby hall he's got the uh he's got like the cor- uh the hay and he's just absolutely shredded so i remember you know, people used to say, like, that's farmer strength. So I used to be like, oh, I can break rocks. You know, it's like raking, right? So try to get my forearm strength and, um, yeah, kind of help my mom out, give her a spot. And then, uh, yeah, running in the water was just easy. You know, it was just, you know, I don't even know if it did anything, but you just, you know, <laughs> it was out there. So you might as well try. It can't hurt. No, yeah, it's it like rock. now I can't do it because. If I step on a rock, I feel like I, you know, rolled my ankle. I'm getting too old. So, but back in the day, you can roll your ankle all day. Now I had no chance. Yeah, you, no. you're like Gumby back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. And the other thing too was, um, you know, we in I think we touched on it quickly, but, um, you know, that Mike was it Mike Botticelli, the the figure skating coach. Now, yeah. how much how much of that could you know? did you do or do you still do? Is, is that something that you, you, you've kind of kept in your summer routines? Yeah, I still, I still do them. I, I, this now in the summers, I usually go to them once I get home for about three weeks and try to go a couple times a week and then go back to, you know, just training hockey and, you know, you know, sticking a puck as simple as it sounds, but, you know, work on stuff like that. And then right before I leave, I'll do like another three weeks of just, but um, now when I was younger, it was all just, being a good skater, you know, getting low and, and working on your edges. And now it's mostly, uh, you know, refreshing that stuff, but it's more moves. So I'll send them a move someone did. And, you know, I remember the one that sticks out is like Braden Point, you know, just roasted somebody with a move and I send it to them and then we'll work on it and see if we can do it the next day or something similar. So, but yeah, someone I still see, you know, a lot. And uh, when I was younger, yeah, he, he, he was unbelievable. So. I was fortunate, you know, I don't, I don't even know how we ended up meeting him or whatever, but I was fortunate to have him, you know, since I've been six. So, wow, almost 20 years now. So um, maybe tell our, our uh, <laughs> listeners, what type of skates do you wear? Uh, true, true skates. 
Because I wore so, graph my whole life. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they were the trues or the graphs. They I think did you just switch over to the trues? Uh when I I switched over to trues halfway through my first year in the A. So when I skated with you, I must have had the graphs on. Yeah, and then I so you weren't at the skate. Um it was at there, I think it was like midday, and I, I broke uh, my blade and I went in. I'm like, who's skates of these these these, these are brutal <laughs> and they're the, they're the true ones i believe but i went out there and i was like i can't stick into like like connor right now because i'm wearing his skates but anyway no they're, oh, they're you just you, the skates and you're oh, wearing when he didn't oh. put his skates on <laughs> no wonder why he got rid of them <laughs> yeah no no the, i think the, these are the this was just like last year or a year yeah my gear would be in there so yeah they're probably wearing my trues oh jeez yeah <laughs> I went in. I was just looking foot around. And I was Check like, those things for foot. They were. I mean, obviously they're um, you know set to your foot, but they they were pretty cool. And then, like I said, I was like, I I should be able to dangle like uh, Connor Garland right now, but it didn't work out. Didn't you so wear was, grass when you played? No, I I wore some like nasty. Uh, Nike ones that I like spray painted. It didn't even look like a skate. He used the then. old school. Uh, speaking of team mission, he was on. He had the missions probably. Oh, well, they, they did. They, I think I still have them in the shed. The, the mission <laughs> skates. I'm dead serious. Uh, yeah, no. Then I was just a bower guy all the way through. You know, stick with what you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those, those skates were were pretty interesting, and yeah, I. I, I was like, who, who skates are these? But then uh, the 83 was on there, so I, I quickly found out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I tried to switch the bar this summer. Not switch. I tried them out, but the, it was almost like they were too light for me. But like, uh, you know, crossing over, I feel like I'm going to fall over. But uh, they kind of have the same boot where your foot's down. But, you know, I, like I said, I wore graph my whole life, so it's been so hard. Every time, I, you know, the trainers want you to switch because everything's lighter now. But it's just too hard to get out of that boot. It seems like a lot of the the guys are wearing the trues now. And, I mean, I was talking to a guy that was on the ice quite a bit this summer and uh, just running skills and things like that. And he was telling us uh, it was actually after Jimmy's funeral with Ryan Lannon. And he was like, I was on the ice for basically like 10 hours a day. And he said, I'm like, what kind of skates are you wearing that, that, you know, like I'm out there for two hours and my feet are toast. You know what I mean? He's like, He's like, I'll tell you, he's like, if all this hockey stuff doesn't work out, he's like, I could be a salesman for true. He's like, they're so comfortable and, and things like that for coaches. So I'm like, definitely going to have to give him a shot at some point. I need a, I need some, like, you know, Uggs coaching skates or something out there. <laughs> yeah, well, they just custom to your foot. So, like, I have a bunch of, you know, like, you block shots over there. You still have, like, the – what's it, like, the brew – not the bruise, but, like, where it's swelled up, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lump and stuff. It won't go down, so – it just takes care of all that. I never feel it. And, uh, the only time to get stiff is when you get benched and you're sitting there for 40 minutes. <laughs> it's just like this, this kills. Yeah, that's great. Hey, well, well, what are you doing blocking shots anyway? <laughs> I blocked one in the preseason. It was, it was a gore off, just blasted one off my foot. I was like, I'm going to, I thought I broke it. I was like, if I break my foot in preseason, I said, that's, that's it for me. So it's like yeah, crawled yeah. off the ice. I was like, thank God it's not broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, all right. Well, Connor, good luck. Obviously, uh, whatever you're doing up there right now in Vancouver is working, and, and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, hopefully, 
Uh, you guys got the, the the flyers coming up here, so we'll hope for a draw. We don't want to root against <laughs> you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> each of you guys have you, you and KY each have one and one, and everything's good. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He, he dashed me up last time we played there. He shot it right by my shin pads and ended up in the net. So, oh, he had that fear of that block shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get. I'm gonna text KY right now. Hey, listen, he doesn't want to block it. <laughs> yeah. I'll be on clips again the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, uh, Bud, and we're going to be rooting for uh, for you from uh, Boston here. So best of luck the rest of the season and keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you. That interview was brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey. Visit franklinsports.com for NHL licensed street hockey sticks, nets, balls, and now brand-new ice hockey gear. Enter co- code BLUELINE for 20% off street hockey, mini hockey, and ice hockey gear through the end of 2021. Franklin Sports is the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Visit franklinsports.com and join the fam today. I saw those guys, um, Franklin Street Hockey. I was I saw a video of uh, Jimmy Hayes' kid. They had the, the mini rink all set up and uh, all the Franklin gear on. The kid, I guess, doesn't take it off. So that's that's great stuff. And also, I was watching the, the Bees game, and they're all over the uh, intermission with shooting the puck and stuff like that. So once again, thanks to uh, the guys at Franklin, and, and thanks to uh, Connor Garland. I thought he was uh, excellent, Mott. Yeah, he's a great um, player, obviously, but – Really good story on how he just loves the game. You know, yeah. He loves the game. He's a rink rat and, um, you know, skated with him a, a bunch of times. And he just. Yeah, you stole his skates. Yeah. Well, he wasn't there. Oh, but, yeah. It doesn't come. Yeah, it wasn't there that time. But I um, I just really enjoyed watching him and those habits that he has developed. You know, th- those are habits that, you know, these kids that we're talking to and our listeners can can apply to their own games and i think that was just a really good uh interview on multiple levels but uh a lot of the things that he he talked about were things that you can you can learn on on your own and make them into habits and you know you know like i said apply them to your game and make yourself a better player uh along the way yeah and just a a a fierce competitor and somebody that you know hasn't had the easy road and he's always been kind of labeled the small guy and you know the 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 guy that couldn't make it, oh, he's not good enough. You know, he's not big enough. He's not strong enough. And he's just he's just worked and competed. And, you know, he went up to Major Junior at a young age and just, you know, it wasn't an easy road. It's not easy to leave home at, at I mean, God, he even left at 13 years old, I think he said, it, and went to Shattuck St. Mary's. And, and, you know, that's not easy. It's not easy for any kid. And we've seen, you know, we've seen it happen Um adversely kids going at you know to major junior 15 16 years old and getting homesick and it's just not working out and you know he's it's not an easy thing to do and he was you know he's been able to do it and you know we wish him the best of luck and he's he's done a you know great job and hopefully has a uh you know continues he he signed a nice little ticket this off season so he's got some money in his pocket i think he signed a five-year almost 25 million dollar contract extension with vancouver so there's uh they're expecting big things out of him that's for sure yeah and he's he's up for the challenge and the cool part was too also he's he he did what it took to polish his game and, and become more of a responsible player you know this can be anyone from you know say a peewee bantam high school player would talk about you know finding ways to you know instill confidence and the coach to put you back out there and that's what he did and 
you know, he's he's worked his way to, uh, you know, a really good spot, and we wish him the best. Yeah, and he's one of those kids, too, like we talked about it in the interview, just keeping track of stats in men's league and, you know, having his buddies and he's barking at them on the ice and things like that. But he's just a, a, a competitor, and I think that's something that it's very hard to teach, but it's something that, you know, you can develop over – over time and just have that, that compete level and that will and that, that hate to lose. And that's something that's going to fuel you. So on a bit of a, uh, you know, uh, a, a messy note here, um, you know, Mott's, what was your take on this whole um, Chicago Blackhawks ordeal that's taken place the last couple of days? Uh, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. You know, I scouted there for um, eight years and I, you know, met a lot of good people, but, when it comes to uh, that situation, it wasn't handled properly, um, you know, right from the beginning. That's a serious uh, allegation to begin with. And then, you know, f- to try and sweep it under the rug or wh- however it was handled, however you want to look at it, um, it's just not correct. You know, and unfortunately, Stan Bowman's, you know, like he's a, a great hockey mind, great person. Uh, you know, I know him personally, but, you know, his his statement also – kind of deflected onto the CEO, you know, John McDonough. And, um, you know, it just, it's just a bad, bad situation. And, you know, I went to school with Danny Wartz, who's Rocky Wartz's son. He's the CEO now. And um, they have some work to do to repair relationships, not, you know, like corporate relationships, fan relationships, um, you know, just really in the community as well. And I know they'll do it. So they have to make some, some good hires and, I think that um, you know they can get back on track, but it's just an unfortunate situation that was mishandled. Yeah, Mots, it is. It's an unfortunate situation. I think that's what you said. Um, you know, you said it very well. But the, you know, people passing the buck, and and you know, it's it's just unfortunate. It's very unfortunate, like you said, and it's you hate to see it. But the the fact that this guy was able to to you know, keep his job and able to walk away and things like that. It really does. It, 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 it makes me sick. And, you know, it's something that to, to use the the power of hockey and all, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ruin your hockey career and things like that. If you don't, um, you know, do these things and, and, and everything, it was just, it was just really, really disgusting. And, you know, it was just terribly, you know, mishandled and, and something that no kid should have have to go through. And it's something that, you know, as, as a coach and, you know, as a person that, you know, we're mandated reporters and you need to, you need to say something if, if something happens and, you know, it, the, the, an investigation like that needs to be handled um, with the police. And that's what, that, that's what they do. It can't be something that's, you know, no matter what you think of it and no matter if you're in a playoff run or, you know what you know what's going on around you at that certain time if there's allegations that are uh, brought to you and you're in in that position whether you're a coach whether you're um, you know a fellow teammate and in management and things like that then you know you 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 have to say something so I think you you, you know you did a very good job of, of of you know covering all and and you know you having the background of you know working for the organization um, is is obviously good but just very unfortunate and uh, and and like you said, um, mishandled. So, um, what else do we got here? A couple more things, Mots. Oh, I, I had to ask you about this. Uh, these Canadian jumpers for the Lululemon gear. Did you see those? I saw John Tavares um, rocking it. Did you Did you happen to see his blue steel look that he had going? I did. I did see it, and uh, I kind of I feel bad for him. I know him. <laughs> 
And he, uh, I don't know if he felt would have felt comfortable doing it if he knew how bad that gear was. Right. Um, and I know, I know I mean, I'm the like, fashion police guy, but come on. I know, but it was like a flowy, like three quarter length. I mean, whatever. I mean, terrible. N- not a good look, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but like he, he did have the Ferrari going pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ferrari slash blue steel. I, I wonder if he can. Look. Yeah. I wonder if he can. Uh, well, Zoolander could only turn one way, though. I mean, luckily, Tavares can can turn both directions pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that gear was it was tough. I I felt I felt very bad for him. Uh, hopefully, they can. And and you know, I'm I'm a big Lululemon guy. I just wasn't a uh, wasn't a fan of that look. That's for sure. The other thing was this. Uh, your Dallas fan, just very unfortunate. Obviously, um, you know, we had the terrible passing of Matisse Kiblenix, uh in the firework incident this summer, the the Columbus Blue Jackets goalie. And you got an idiot fan from uh, from Dallas yelling, you know, don't light a firework. And, you know, something we really shouldn't even pay much attention to. But I think just, you know, w- when you go to a game, I mean, act responsibly. Everybody wants to go and have a couple beers and have a good time. But just it, what kind of message are you sending to the kids, right? No, I, I think that fan crossed the line. And, and there's, you know, things that you can say, but that definitely crossed the line. It's a, it, it, like, personally, it's a personal loss to the team. It's mm-hmm. a personal loss to, like, a lot of his teammates who, who were very close to him. And, um, yeah, so that it was just a, it was a scumbag move. Scumbag move, yeah. Scumbag move. That's for sure. No, no, no place in the game for that. I mean, there's definitely other things that you can say that can cut someone deep. Uh, you know, within within the boundaries, if you really want to start chirping. But I don't think that um, <clears throat> that was the case. You know, definitely crossed the line. Yeah, and especially I think Elvis Merzlikens has done an excellent job of honoring his friend and pat you know who who passed away and like you said just a a, a scumbag move uh, so there's no room for that in the game that's for sure but once again um, you know thank you to Connor Garland for for coming on the show I thought he was excellent I think our our fans are going to really appreciate all all of his insight uh, don't forget we got Halloween costumes coming up Mott. so you dressing up what do you got going. Are you going to enter the TSR costume contest? Yeah, I mean, we got something at work. I'm a two-time defending champion uh, for the Halloween costume. Um, Yeah, what were you last year? I remember that now. I was uh, Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, (laughs) That was a good one. And then I was our senior estimator, um, Bill Smith. So mm-hmm. it was just it was it was really appropriate, and I stayed in character, and I was a little crotchety throughout the day, but I yep. liked it. Yeah, maybe this year you could go as Best Buy Bry or something. We can get you a Best Buy shirt, and uh, I don't maybe know a little. Have, you I gotta get time a, to grow a beard. Oh, uh, well, like, all it takes is like a day and a half for you. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Um, yeah, it's, it's a little Patch Adams at times, so I don't think it would be as good as yours. So we'll get you a beak. We'll get you a little little nose to <laughs> attach to yours, and you you could you could pull it off. Get a little snow on I you. I think you, you could pull it off. That's like so easy. That's right? me though. No, no, I know, but like that character guy, that's like unbelievable. Yeah, like, that is. You just start popping around Best Buy and just. Start selling some <laughs> pretend, pretend like I'm on, on the Geek Squad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like, who is this guy? When when we get this new hire? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, make sure the uh, all the kids out there in Mott's, um, make sure you uh, enter the costume contest up with TSR. I'm not, I'm not a huge costume guy. Last year I did go as uh, we had a little gathering and uh, I was uh, the the what's his name Ben Stiller from um, Dodgeball. Was oh, yeah. it uh, Dwight Dwight I, Dwight Goodman? Yeah. So I had the I I, I shaved the beard. I had a little little dirt patch under my. Uh, I kept the mustache and a little dirt patch. So it was, it was pretty good. I had fun with that, but I'm not a huge costume guy. My brother is, uh, he's more of the, the costume guy. I think him and Hazy went as a couple clowns. So my father gave the, my father was just down there. My parents, I should say. And, uh, like, yeah, they didn't even have to dress up. They were clowns. I'm like, Oh yeah, that (laughs) never get, never gets old. Um, (laughs) but we do, uh, you know, thanks to those guys, and and you know, obviously, we still have uh, the merch for sale. Uh, Rinkshrinks twenty one dot item order dot com slash sale. Uh, that's also on our Instagram bar. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Rinkshrinks and Twitter at. Uh, I'm sorry, Instagram at the Rinkshrinks and Twitter at Rinkshrinks. Uh, fill up the voicemail for next episode three four seven six shrink again three four seven. Six seven four seven four six five. Make sure you save that number, and uh, we need a, a few other calls besides Harry talking about the rankings. That's for sure. And uh, you can always email us any questions. Rinkshrinks at gmail dot com. Next week will be a um, a mailbag at interview. And uh, once again, thank you to our sponsors: uh, Franklin Street Hockey, TSR Hockey, Cross Country Mortgage, uh, the Lee and Heffernan Group, and um, Skit Scott. So, what do you say, Mots? Good job. Yeah. Good great great effort here. Great uh guest. And uh we look forward to answering some good questions next week in the mailbag. Yeah, let's go watch some hockey. Cue the rink shrink shuffle, Dave. Yeah.